Let the stories and teachings of today's top Christian leaders inspire and move you to releasing God's best for your life. With your host, best-selling author and certified Christian life coach, Jay Marsh. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. Hey, Blessed Nation, I want to welcome you to this episode of Your Blessed Life. Hey, I can't wait to introduce you, so I'm just going to do it right now to today's featured guest, Jeff McManus. Jeff, welcome to the show, brother. Jay, I'm so excited to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's an honor to get to spend some time with you here and chat about something that I know is both a near and dear to our hearts, and that's telling some stories that will connect us to our God and will hopefully glorify Him and create a little resonance with those that get to listen. I like that. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of connecting, Jeff, I I think it's only fitting that the first thing we do is we connect a little bit more with you in us. So I, I want to get to know a little bit more about you. So I know because a while ago we were just talking about it, that you're originally from Atlanta, but now you're in the Oxford, Mississippi area. Is that right? That's right. So how long have you been in the Oxford area and why are you in the Oxford area? Well, my wife and my children moved here in 2000, the year 2000. I um, took a job with the University of Mississippi as the director of landscape services here. So I've been uh, tromping around in the North Mississippi area now about 17 and a half years and having a great time. We were staying down in the Fort Lauderdale area at the time. My wife and I met there in Florida and had a great four or five years there and moved here. All right. That is cool. So since 2000, and you know, I know a little bit about you and that the background, what you do in your work. And I find it so interesting because I have a background in commercial real estate development and I always had an arborist or some type of professional landscape design or person on my team. So I, I really can appreciate the work that you do. Thank you. Yeah, it's very important. Curb appeal, first impressions in life and in properties are critical. Oh, they are. They are. And, and being understand or knowing and understanding how to care for them so that they have a long life is mm. is critical or they, well, you know a little bit about that. That's right. That's right. You got to know how to maintain it or you're just wasting your money. Amen. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> well, so you'd mentioned something a little bit ago about your family. And, and yep. I want to come back to that a little bit because I know that you've got four boys and I know your wife, Suzanne. So just to dive a little deeper, how long in you have you and Suzanne been married? We've been married 22 years. Wow. And congratulations. Thanks. That's yeah, it's awesome. been you know, a lot of prayer for her. She's uh, had to endure a lot doing with me. So she's a great stay-at-home mom who does a support super job has just been the rock of our family and has done a wonderful job uh, being home uh, doing the things that she can do and just I tell you it just makes my life so much better well I suspect Jeff that with four boys there is a lot to do at home so tell me a little bit about your boys well we have we're blessed we uh we're starting to get become empty nesters we have three in college now so we have Sam who's 21 He's at Auburn, and we have Nathan, who's 20. He's at Auburn. Oh, boy, I hope I get these ages right. She'll let me know if I don't. And uh, let's say Josh is 19, and he is at Mississippi State. So we've got those three, and then we got a fourth one who's still in high school, going to become 11th grader, and that's Mark. So he's, uh, he's now has to put up with his mom and dad all by himself. So that's really interesting. And I'm going to tell you kind of a funny story about that, but I'm thinking of Mark. So he's in 11th grade. He's got another year to go. He's watched his other brothers. What is he looking at as far as schools goes? Well, it's funny because Mark is a huge golfer. I mean, he loves golf. He's, he was on the, the his team won the state uh, championship last year at Oxford High School. So he loves and breathes golf. I, I tell people he loves God and he loves golf and he's got them in the right order. And he hadn't found the girls yet. So that's good. Um, but I asked Mark, I said, Mark, um, you know, your brothers have gone to out of state schools. They've gone to other schools. I said, I get a little discount, you know, if you guys were to go to school here at Ole Miss because I work here. So, Mark, are you going to go to Ole Miss? 
And Mark just looked at me and he shook his head no. And he, I said, Mark, I said, why? Where are you going to go? And he goes, Dad, I'm going to go wherever I can get a full golf scholarship. Yeah, yeah. I like that guy already. Yeah. So I said, I, and his brothers are standing there too. So I smiled and laughingly said, Mark, you are now my favorite son. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we have a good time. They're all home right now. It's just been great to have dinner together and just uh, special to have the family together. I'm looking forward to even to tonight of going home and, and cooking on the grill and not having all of us around the table to have dinner. Oh, I love it, Jeff. Yeah. I tell you what, that's great time about summers being able to have the kiddos back in the nest and, and make some new memories. That's right. As soon as you and I get through, I am out of here. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, I was curious about the school because I know that you're, and I suspected that your boys were going to be kind of all over the place as far as school. And I have some cousins in my life uh, that are from the Jackson, Mississippi area. So a shout out to my cousins, Billy and Brett. So Billy, the older of the two, is an Ole Miss grad. Mm-hmm. And his brother is a Mississippi State grad. And so they always had fun rivaling each other to this day about what's the better school. So I'm sure you get that in your family, too. Oh, yeah. We have a good time. It's, uh, you know, we're covered the SEC now with Auburn, Mississippi State. I went to Auburn. I work here at Ole Miss. So we have passion and love for all of our sports teams and uh, a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to be in this culture and just enjoy it. The great thing about Ole Miss is we have a, a grove in the center of the campus, about 10 acres, and people do all the tailgating there. And We have a great time, and it's one of the most friendliest atmospheres, especially to visiting teams. And so that just, you just, it's hard to find that. It's, uh, that's a very unique aspect of the culture. Yeah, that is. And, you know, I think it's really neat just to get to know some of the in-house stuff about you, about your boys, about your family. And so I want to ask you one more question that's kind of in the same wheelhouse. You know, when, when you think of Jeff and you think of, well, what's something that's, I don't know, maybe everyone doesn't know about me or Maybe what's a hidden talent or even just a fun fact about Jeff McManus? Anything coming to mind that you'd share with us? Well, I really enjoy, as far as a fun fact and just a hobby, I enjoy doing woodworking and going up. Uh, my dad helped build a a shop behind my house. I guess really he built it and it's really my man cave now, Jay. So I can retreat up there. The only problem is I don't get to spend enough time up there. And so I'm sure as, as Mark leaves the nest and, and Suzanne and I have a little bit more time, I may find myself with more sawdust on my arms and forearms than I will, uh, than I have in the past. It's kind of full of toys and past memories. So I've got to do a little cleaning up in that man cave. Oh, that's awesome. And you know, that is part of that next season, isn't it? As the boys kind of get out on their own. That's right. That's right. And you know, you launch them and and you let them go and, and you got, they're in the Lord's hand now. Yeah, they are. I was, I was talking to a, a friend of mine. He was been a multiple guest on this show. He's a retired pastor and his children are about your boy's age. And he was having kind of a, a moment thinking about, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but then in an instant, he said, he really felt like it was revelation from God. And that is know that this is a season in life and be grateful for and reflect on it. And the next season that's in store for you is going to be wonderfully blessed as well. And just know that and believe in me and trust me in that. Wow. That's great. I yeah. totally agree. I mean, if, isn't, that the, isn't that the story of life? You, if you're grateful for wherever you are now and thankful, you're just going to enjoy whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it creates perspective. Yeah. And uh, he's good at that. So that it's uh, always good to reflect back on a conversation of previous guests. So Matt Hurd, if you're out there listening, brother, <laughs> um, just thinking about you. So. Jeff, I want to kind of transition a little bit. You know, it's exciting to get to know you, um, but I want to kind of take a deep dive and get to know you, Jeff, from the inside out and talk about your personal, intimate daily walk with Christ. Can we do that? Sure. All right. Well, you know, on this show, in this format, Jeff, we're going to hit these three major areas that we're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about hope. We're going to talk about promise. And then we sprinkle in a little 
a little uh, few nuggets of wisdom. So to kick that off, I want to talk about faith. And, and this might be a little bit of a twist than just generally talking about faith. In particular, what I want to talk about is a time when there was maybe a challenge or a struggle that stretched your faith. So would you tell us about a time when your faith was stretched, maybe even when you were in that proverbial pit? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, every every season where it seemed that I moved to a new location, uh, when I left home to go to college, when I left college to go to my first employment, and when I, I left my first employment to go to my second one, each time I asked the Lord to bring me good Christian friends and to put, um, you know, to get involved in a Christian community. And each time he answered that, um, I was, when I left to go to school at Auburn, I was not going to, I had watched uh, some people who never got out and, and did anything. And so I was very intentional in getting out. But there was a time when I was, I was in Miami and I was living there and I was working there and it was I was working really long hours. The, the, the pro, I had a 300-acre property that I was working in. I was overseeing all the landscaping for this high-end, very prestigious resort. And I had to learn all the plant names. I had to learn all the crew members' names. Uh, I was working in a culture where English was a second language for most. It was the only language for me. So a lot of times I was even confused on, on what the communication was amongst my own staff. I was the youngest one on the staff there. Most everybody had been there 10, 20 years. It was a union workforce, a lot of uh, stealing that was going on uh, mm. before I got there. And it was just, it was really a, a bad situation. And I just, I was doing all I could. I was staying up late working it. And I, I had really not gotten tied in um, to my, my local church really well. I had, had some, I um, was not feeding myself. Mm -hmm. I was just coming home dog tired, watch the TV and fall asleep and just wake up the next morning and hit it again running. And it got to be where I was, I was just at my wits end at a lot of, in a lot of decisions. I was ragged, but not making great decisions. We, we overhired many uh for many places we thought we were understaffed and what we were is we just weren't we weren't training and staffing correctly we weren't giving our staff the right setup so we overhired we raised our prices on some of the properties we were maintaining the properties ended up letting us go and, and bringing in a, a cheaper person so i had to do some massive layoffs with employees I ended up losing over half my staff uh, mm, because of some bad decisions uh, that was just and you're talking about not being able to sleep and knowing that I was, I was a part responsible for these gentlemen and ladies losing their income, right. and so there was there was a lot of turmoil and in, inner turmoil for me. Um, I had employees who were getting upset with me, uh, asking me for raises and all these things. It was just it was just not a good time and. I had taken on a class uh, to learn plan identification after hours. So uh, the class was over one night, probably 9, 30, 10, and I was driving home and I fell asleep at the wheel and totaled out my car into a palm tree, slammed it right into a palm tree in the median strip. Fortunate uh, I wasn't hurt bad, but enough that they they took me to the emergency room. Nobody else was hurt. It was a one car collision and and real groggy just just i mean i hadn't been drinking or smoking or anything i didn't i didn't do those things and so i was just there reflecting and woke up the next morning and found out a chipped a bone in my ankle messed up my nose pretty good with a steering wheel and so forth and and just just thinking man is what what is going on with my life i mean i'm just running ragged and i'm tired i don't i don't have really good you know a good network of friends i'm not in a good church i'm just i'm sort of down here by myself yeah. it was a very lonely time and um it, it was just a time of reflection and, and i just remember staring at the wall there in the hospital and and thinking you know i have got to go back to what my foundation was and that was the faith 
that my parents had, had given me and, and brought me up. And my dad had empowered me with a set of cassette tapes that I used to listen to all the time, which was Zig Ziglar. And Zig had a big part of my, in, in my early uh, college days of being in my life. I used to listen to Zig all the time. And I had gotten away from this personal growth. And I was running on empty. I was burning the candle on both ends. And, yeah. and it was at that point that uh, I, I made a commitment to, to slow down and, and go back to my foundation and get involved. And, and the Lord brought a, a, a wonderful friend of mine who has since uh, gotten cancer and passed away, but Tim Koonsman into my life, uh, who was a dear, dear friend during those times. And then a great, great church of Calvary Chapel in Fort Lauderdale. And just that's where I met my wife. And so it's just all these things that God had, had brought back and restored in my life when I slowed down and came back to him. Yeah. And you met your wife to boot. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, isn't it amazing that when you were literally where you needed to be, all these pieces came together and, and I can relate, I think so many of us can relate to just running and gunning, running ourselves ragged, going a hundred miles an hour, um, eat, sleep and work or whatever it is that you do. So for you, I see you asking a powerful question and it took a little a little slap for you to ask that question and that what is it that I'm doing to create a foundation in my life? So do you think there was anything else in your life? Do you think that was a question that you were wanting to ask yourself and that accident was the catalyst that made you ask that? You know, you know what it really was is I have a, a, a deep desire to be liked and appreciated. And I was focusing on that more at work to be liked and admired at work by my boss right. than I was of being liked or being loved by my God. And I wasn't, you know, I, I had my priorities out of line. So when you, when you're wor- more worried about man than you are God, it, it makes you do weird things. And I think that's, I don't know if that's what you're asking, but that's what I think really pushed my, um, unbalanced lifestyle was this desire to be successful, to, to, to show that I could do the work. I knew I could do it. I knew I could, and we did it, but boy, was it hard. It was so hard. And it came at a, at a really high cost too. Uh, we ended up winning some national awards and state awards for our, for the beautiful uh, landscaping and all the things we did. But, but it could have been so much easier if I hadn't had to toll so hard on my own. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was hoping we could get to because sometimes there's these answered questions that we we haven't verbalized in the form of a question, um, but yet we get the answers. And for you, it was, yeah, are my peers and my desire to be liked by them, are they overriding the desire for God to love on me and for me to put him first in my life? That's right. Exactly. Yeah, that's a tough question to ask. It is. Um, it's, it's such a tough question, but I think that positions us for that breakthrough that we're looking for. You've got to be willing to either have somebody in your life. And for me, it came from a pastor, uh, hearing pastors speaking the word of God and letting that, letting the spirit convict me of, of spending time with him. I mean, he's a jealous God. He wants to spend time with us. And I wasn't giving him that because I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be, I wanted to achieve my goals. And you just can't replace the goodness of God with your own goodness. It just doesn't work. And God has ways of making things just happen so much easier than, than when we're struggling. So um, getting back in alignment and priorities in line so, was so rewarding. Yeah. And you know, that's such a powerful question that you asked. What is my spirit or we'll we'll make it a little more general. What is our spirit, the spirit of God that's in us convicting us to do? Hmm. I love that question because I think it not only creates accountability, but it positions us for doors to open that line ourselves up with his will for our life. That's good. Um, I like that. it's, it's amazing how these stories, Jeff, these 
struggles, they position us to move into, well, an opportunity, a season of opportunity. And that's why I kind of align these, these talks to, to match up with each other, because I know they inherently go that way. I really believe that God is directing our steps and our, and our establishing our path so that it will happen in just that way. So I want to continue this, this talk, but I want to change gears with it in this form. And I want to move into the form of hope. And, and we're already kind of going in that direction. Uh, and, you know, praise God that that our ultimate hope, it truly does rest in the Lord. And there are times but that because of that secure confidence that we have in him, that he will carry us through these rough times and we get to see these victories and we get to come out the other side. We get to stop. We get to look back and we get to see it. And we get to see his hand on us. So that's what I want to talk about next, Jeff. I want to talk about a time when your faith actually positioned you for a renewed hope and maybe, maybe even an eventual breakthrough. I, a few years after what I just told you, uh, that story, um, I met, I met and, and saw my wife, Suzanne, for the first, you know, at, at church. I saw her. And we were in the we were in the singles group together, and and we were friends. But there came a time when I just I felt like then she she would be nice to get to know, you know. Just had that that um, special feeling about her, and I liked and I had seen her family and met her family some, and and so we started uh, dating. And as we went through the dating process things got more confusing as far as direction was this was this going to be the person for me mm-hmm. or should we move on what was god calling us to do and and just confused just just not having clear vision on where the relationship was going so we both uh, sought godly counsel and talked to several people and we determined that we needed to take a a, a dating fast we take some time off, and and so we decided to take 30 days off, and not see each other, not have contact, and just seek the Lord, and just get a clear vision for what we were to do. And I remember during that time, I would go to the park uh, there in the Miami area. There was a park nearby, and one of the things that that I would do is just sit there and and memorize scripture, and Psalms one was one of the, my key scriptures that I, I started memorizing and just letting it go into my heart and in time felt the confirmation that Suzanne was the one for me to marry and she had that confirmation as well and that ended up being a great story for us and our relationship but we we had to take a, a time of fasting just to get clarity and not not be caught up in the infatuation of each other and and enjoy hanging out with each other but to truly find out is this really what the lord wanted for us and for us it was wow you know i like that notion of a fast creating focus and we go to the source for that focus you know sometimes people will ask me in conversation and sometimes they'll ask me in more serious context and that is you know, are fasts relevant, Jay? I mean, we're New Testament Christians. Do we even need to do that? Well, when I hear a story like this, Jeff, if you just take the application of fasting from a spiritual, practical standpoint, and you look at what it did for you. So you fasted from y'all's relationship and where you were at the time and being together, and you put your focus on, Lord, what is your will for us in this relationship? Mm-hmm. And he answered. That's right. I love that. My wife and I have been having this conversation lately about focus and about having a single-minded focus for whatever that priority is in your life. And we have noticed in this little exercise that we're doing that this focus will be on in the back of our head all the time on this one thing. 
And God will give us these different revelations throughout the day because this focus is running in the back of our mind. So we focus on this one thing and we're asking, and we're, and we're giving it to God on the front end and we're letting him know, Lord, we want to focus on this. We're going to place it in the back here and we're asking you to show us that revelation throughout the day. And I think that helps us from not trying to spin so many plates during the day and we get the answers that are there, but we have so much stuff going on, sometimes we can't see it. That's just the way our society is today. I mean, it used to be, I mean, we used to think we were busy, but now uh, it's just so crazy. It used to be quality was spelled T-I-M, time. Now it's almost like quality is built by, I, need, I just need your attention. And, yeah. you know, it's such a fast pace. Focus is such a key word. That is powerful. It is. Well, and I think that nicely lines aligns itself with the wonderful faithfulness of God, because when you and your wife, well, at the time, of course, she wasn't your wife, but when you and Suzanne put your focus on him and on God, then he showed up and gave you the answer that you were looking for. And well, he gave you the answer. Fortunately for you guys, it was uh, it was the answer you were looking for. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because it's not always the case. Well, it's you become always. you become you begin to appreciate and don't take the person for granted, and you begin to realize that God could take this person from you. And it, it yeah, I found out that I was more grateful for her when I wasn't with her, and it gave me that gratitude for the things about her. Don't let the things drive you nuts, but appreciate yeah. those things and value them and know that's who she is. I suspect, Jeff, that that experience that you two had, even before you said I do, has been foundational in the way that you relate and the way that you connect in your married life over the last 22 years. Oh, yeah. it's. I have to let Suzanne be Suzanne. And then I need to appreciate her for who she is and vice versa. She does for me as well. And the more we can laugh and enjoy one, one another's quirkiness and things instead of being upset and trying to change, you know, the better our relationship is. Uh, she's not going to change me really. And I'm not going to change her. God's made her unique. And so that it gives you peace to realize it's okay. It's okay to be different because as Larry Burkett used to say, if, if one of us wasn't different, we, we wouldn't be necessary. The other one wouldn't be necessary. So you want to have two different people together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think it's wonderful, Jeff, that we get to see the faithfulness and the awesomeness of God show up in your story. And it's reassuring that when life happens, you know, whatever that, that struggle is, that God is willing He's able to show up in our life in a big way, in a mighty way, just like he did for you and for Steph, you know, for Suzanne, for that matter. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Well, I want to, you know, you had mentioned a verse a while ago, and I don't know if this is the verse that will be the answer to the question that I have for you. But when we talk about promises of God, um, I think about how many promises there are. I know for me, Different promises in different seasons. You know, there's a couple of uh, uh, buzzwords I really see coming back again and again in our conversation, whether it be foundation or focus. But when I look at the different seasons in my life, I know certain scriptures, certain promises in scripture have really carried me through. Mm. Um, and some of them have been foundational, that they've always been there, and others have been more seasonal. So I wanted to ask you, Jeff, when you think of a scripture, a promise in particular, in scripture that has, you know, not that has, but that is, that is resonating with you in your life right now. What comes to mind for you? Psalms one was before just a few minutes ago, as, as we were talking that there was a, a story popped into my mind that I want to share with you. When we found out that Suzanne was pregnant with Sam, our first child, I can remember, you know, we were excited, but at the same time, there's that level of stress of being a new parent. You you don't get a manual on what to do, so you're wondering what 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 all is going to happen, and you start seeing society, and you can 
I got my eyes off of what the Lord was doing and, and the joy of a child, and I really began to become uh, stressed on bringing a child into this world. I remember hearing uh, some really vulgar music one day, and it just it triggered that I'm bringing my child into this. And, and it just really just escalated in my mind, and the Lord took me to Psalms 128. And it was, I think, I was thinking this is one of my routine reading. This, this was, and really the verses for me was, uh, verse three, four, and, and five was, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. That gave me such peace, Jay. I just, I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, the Lord's speaking to me. You know, they're, they're arrows in the hands of a warrior. And these, these guys are going to get launched out. And, uh, you know, he blessed me with four wonderful boys. And so I have always remembered that I'm to raise them to be straight arrows that when, when they do launch and three of them have, have started that launching process that they may go straight and, and glorify God in all that they do. So that, that verse or those few verses there in Psalms uh, 127 mean, mean a great deal to this guy. Oh, I, you know, I was thinking as you're saying this, I had a conversation with a guest um, just recently. He was on the last episode and he has two sons. I have two sons. You've got four. So talking about having your quiver full uh, and your boys are older than mine and you're, they're older than that guest. But he was just talking about how our job as dads and as God fearing dads is to raise our children, our boys in this case, to be. Well, I think a scripture, you know, I think of how scripture tells us to teach a child, to train them up mm -hmm. in the way that they should go. So when they get out there. And they're making their own decisions and dad isn't tapping them on the shoulders. They know what to come back to. They know which direction to go and, and to get to have this conversation with you, you know, you're, you know, Mark is your last one and you're almost done, you know? Um, so Waiting to get for those to grandchildren now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A whole new season, right? That's right. That's right. But it's, it's so neat to get to hear that kind of perspective um, from your life and know how those children have been a blessing as they have filled up the quiver in your life. So I love that verse. Well, it's the work is on the front end. The more you put in the front end, the more you invest. I mean, even from the time of conception and, and we heard that people read to their babies in the womb and, and I don't know all the studies. I've heard a lot of things about that study, but we did, we started reading to our children while they were in the womb the Bible. And we would just read, read, read and do all these neat things with our kids. And in the big picture, I think that all means something. It's cultivating those seeds mm -hmm. that, that rise up, just like you're training a child in a way it should go. Mm -hmm. You can't wait until they're five or six. You've got to start the moment you know they're there. So I, I, I applaud my wife, Suzanne, who's like a rock when it comes to, to God's word and, and staying in there. And she did a great job as a stay-at-home mom, just reinforcing this daily. It is a reinforcement. And, you know, Bless Nation, I think about this particular scripture that Jeff shared with us, and it's a reminder for me, and I hope, and I pray that it's a reminder for you that God knows your heart he knows what you're going through and that he is here with you in this, in scripture, through scripture. And you know, and he wants us to know that you can stand on his promises and that's his promise. And, and that's why I like to make this third pillar about reflecting on the power of God's promises and how they've blessed our life. You know, it's funny, Jeff, because I, in my notes, I always have a question for myself to ask you as the guest, and I never have to. And that is, how has this scripture, how has this scripture blessed your life? Because you can't help but tell me how much that scripture has blessed your life. I don't even have to ask you. Yeah, that's right. You heard. I mean, it's, man, God's word is just, it's it's the rock. It's the foundation. It's It gives us that uh, 
teaching and that ability to do what we do and, and, to, and, to, and to be able to invest in those that we love. Amen. Well, Blessed Nation, I want to check in with you here for just a moment before we continue into kind of the next um, phase of the show. And, you know, so many of you have graciously shared how, how this show, how the podcast has encouraged you, it supported you, and it's how it's become a regular resource for you to support your own walk in Christ and, and move you down the path of your own blessed life. And I'm grateful to hear that. What is also as exciting for me is those of you that have asked, Jay, what's the next level that we can come alongside and support this ministry and support this show? Um, and I, and I've answered the question. And the question is to give you the opportunity to support the ministry in a new way. You know, as many of you know, your blessed life ministries is a 501 C three nonprofit organization. All that simply means is that when you support the ministry financially, those offerings are tax deductible. So I want to give you the opportunity to support the show in a whole new way. And that's by supporting us financially. And there's no, there's no required amount. This, this is just something, if it's on your heart, um, if God puts it on your heart now, if God puts it on your heart later, I want you to know that there's a, there's a way for you to do that. You can go to yourblesslife.com. And you can click on the donate button. And if there's an amount that's on your heart, thank you. That's it. And I've got some information there that would answer any questions that you might have on, on the status of the, of the ministry. Uh, but I just wanted to put that out there um, because the more shows we get under our belt, the more interaction I get to have from you guys. And this is something that has come up and I'm grateful that I get the opportunity to share it with you guys. So thanks in advance, Bless Nation. Well, Jeff, as we kind of come into this final round, I have, it's kind of a, well, you know, the first couple of things we talked about were, were story related. And these next few things that we're going to talk about are really short and sweet, actionable nuggets of wisdom that I want to ask from you. And I want to start off with this first question. And it's very personal to you. But for Jeff McManus, in your life, big or small, what is one thing that's on your heart these days that you're just praising God for? My family. I think that's simply, I mean, every day I have a journal, a blessing journal, and I write, and and, 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 I, and I look back through it almost every day. That's one of the first things I, I say is I'm just so thankful for my family. Now, not only my my kids and my wife, but also my uh, parents who raised me and my wife's parents who raised her and just so blessed uh, to be able to have uh, those people in our lives. Mm, amen. Amen to that. We'll have another one for you. And it's, it's like that one, um, but it's very personal to you. And that is, what is one way that you, Jeff, like to be a blessing to other people. I, this is interesting because as, as I, in my career of growing plants, I really enjoy growing people. So I enjoy seeing people be successful. And so I like to set people up for success. Ooh. And so that's one of the blessings I did. I just, I just wrote a book in helping people to do that as well. So that's, the blessing is seeing people, hearing people read that and going, wow, you know, I can do this. What you did is not that hard. And so that, that to me is, that's, a, that's a big honor. And um, I'm just humbled the fact to be able to do something like that. Well, I like, you know, I like that you mentioned that. And I want to, I want to kind of, kind of go right into that. Um, I know, because I have your book sitting on my desk, so I know the book you're talking about, but I want to ask you in the form of a question, because I want to know a little bit more about that. So if you could think of one thing that you're just super excited about, um, what would it be? What's going on in your life these days that's new and fresh and exciting? Getting to speak. I mean, I've been working here for since 2000 and then people are wanting me to come and speak and I, I just get to share so many encouraging stories 
of people going from a mindset of we can't do it to a mindset of I can't do this and giving people hope, some great, you know, cultivating that spirit of, of what God has given us that you don't just have to stand on the sidelines, but you, you can bring out that greatness that he has built in us. And so that, that is, I love to be an inspiring speaker for groups and that, I know that may be sound a little self-serving, but you asked me what, and it was personal to me, I truly enjoy doing that. And so God has opened the doors for me to be able to go and, and speak to groups and, and to do some neat things. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. It's been fun to see the influence of how he's using the book and just using the platform. No, that's exactly what I, I wanted you to say that without just asking you directly, talk to me a little bit about your book, because I I am intrigued about it. And I like what you said a while ago, that something that is a blessing to you is when you can position people and help set them up for success. I suspect that that was some of the motivation behind your most recent book, Growing Weeders into Leaders. Well, that's right. It's is, you know, we can get everything in life we want if we just help enough people get what they want. And I didn't say that. Zig Ziglar said it's the first place I heard it. But we, we're, if we're looking to help others, we get what we need. So let me tell you how that works. I need a, I need a great looking campus, right? I need a beautiful, uh, take, well taken care of place and I need it efficiently. But I also know that my staff needs something too. They need people, they need a, a boss that believes in them. They need a boss that, that praises them when they did done well. They need a boss who is uh, accountable, not only for them, but to, to others. They need a, a boss of an integrity and help draw out those inner core values that they have. And so I see that as part of my role is as a coach, just as a football coach on the sideline is to make those players the best they can be to win those championships. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to build up that resiliency in our players so that they can do the things that so many other people cannot do and do it with excellence. And uh, one of the scriptures that really motivates me is Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, working for the Lord, not for men. And I truly believe that when we're doing our work, we are working for the Lord. So I want to do everything here at my workplace for for God to give him the honor. And he cares how we treat people and how we invest in people. So crazy thing, I I give our guys books. I mean, we have books to read. We grow together. We sit around the table in small groups and have conversation. I invest in them. Some people say, why do you do that? Doesn't that take time? Doesn't that slow you down? You should be out there mowing grass. I say, you know, it's like sharpening lawnmower blades. Yeah, that's right. You got to take time to sharpen the blade because if you don't, you're going to start just beating the grass up. Eventually, you're going to have to fix that mower. And eventually, you're going to have to fix people. I found if you're proactive and cultivate seeds of greatness in them, seeds of, of things that people care about, Man, it, it reaps a great reward. And so I've had a, a lot of fun just seeing a lot of our staff move on to different levels, move on to different jobs, to to have confidence in themselves to do more than they ever thought they could. And so that excites me. That's the empowerment that I love is people giving them ownership of, of their own destiny, so to speak. Yeah, I can relate to that. I, I think that is something that brings me joy as well. Um, but I want to I want to talk about that and and frame it in another question for you, Jeff. So when you think about those opportunities that you have to empower others, when you think about the opportunities that you have to set people up for success, when you think about those books that you share with your team on a regular basis, what one book if you had to narrow it down to one besides besides the bible besides the bible oh so this is hard right this, this is one, hard these one-off oh. questions man they're tough this is hard. um but if you had one book and it it doesn't have to be three steps to being a better christian i wanted to have you know I, I wanted to have a christ tone undertone but it can be about anything whether it's your your walk in faith relationship business um 
horticulture, whatever. But is there a book that comes to, to your mind right now that you'd like to share with us that could position us to set us up for success? I, I hate this question, Jay, because there's so many books in my life that have changed me in my each chapter. But the quick answer for me is going to be John Maxwell's The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Now, that shouldn't surprise you because I grow things, right? So I'm, right. I'm really into the growth. And I'm telling you, I've read, I've read that book several times, listened to it several times. And it's just the, the way we change our, our surroundings is change ourselves. And, and Jim Rohn said it mm. so well. He said, I used to say, I sure hope things will change. Then I learned that the only way things we're going to change for me is when I change. And that's so true. And so the growth process of, of how we grow ourselves will change the people around us. So right, right now, that's my, that's my one book right now. That, and, and John, I think, wrote that book several years ago. But it, and we've done it here at work with some of our key staff. Uh, it's just a, a great, great book for me. Wow. That's I'm not surprised that you mentioned a John Maxwell book. You know, it's funny because John Maxwell or Andy Andrews, I, I had Andy on the show recently and I was kidding him that it was almost divine setup because like the last three or four guests had recommended an Andy Andrews book. <laughs> and I was kidding him and asking if they were plants for him. <laughs> I should but, have, yeah. It'd have been great if I'd have had an Andrew. Yeah. One of his books. Exactly. Well, I, love I him. purposely didn't mention his name while I go because <laughs> the guy I was talking about with the two boys was Andy, <laughs> but I didn't want to, I didn't want to plant that seed. Um, oh. But John, John Maxwell, like Andy, I mean, they're just timeless truths in, in, in leadership and in personal growth with a Christ, a heart for Christ, uh, both right. great authors. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, speaking of having a heart for Christ and, and great authors, I'm excited about your new book, Jeff, and I want you to share with us. I know we didn't get an opportunity to, and, and, and quite frankly, that wasn't the reason that I had you on the show. I wanted to get to know you, but I want you to tell us just briefly um, where our listeners can find out a little bit more about your book. Well, Jay, thank you. You're so you're kind to, to bring it up. It's it's growing weeders into leaders. Uh, it's on my website, uh, jeffmcmanusspeaking.com. The book actually releases uh, September the fifth, but I'm I'm doing a lot of little special things on my website. I'm giving away my pruning book that I wrote. Believe it or not, I have a pruning book out there as well. And some of my leadership lessons and videos, I'm doing a little package and things like that on my website. So I would love for folks to get that pre-order. And then soon as they release it, we'll be shipping those out uh, to our folks and I hope they will enjoy that. But the growing weeders into leaders is a is so many things for me. It's it's a part of my story of of growing up. I wrote it to myself at age 24, hmm. and because I was such an immature leader, um, I didn't know how to work with people. I was very immature in how I handle relationships. So I wrote it for myself to help a 24 year old Jeff be a better leader and to value people. Wow. That's interesting. So at 24, for the most part, you had this manuscript done? <laughs> no, I did not. Um, I, I made a lot of mistakes after that too, Jay. So <laughs> the manuscript kept <laughs> kept growing as well. But I knew when I, 24 is when I got out of college and I knew a lot about plants, but I had never really led a group of people. And it's interesting when you get into the workplace, a lot of times if you show a little bit of leadership and quality, you get you get tapped to lead other people, and that's yeah. a whole other world, as you know. So that's the mind that my mindset was to value the people. I find if I focus more on growing people now instead of the plants, they'll take care of growing the plants. They take care of so many things. I'm telling you, I we actually have fewer people working on campus, and we maintain more than we ever have because of how our folks have engaged the workplace. They just, they're so much more productive. There's so much more ownership and pr pride uh, is huge in what they do. So 
I just share some of those secrets. There's nothing anybody, when you read it, you're not going to go, oh, wow, I've never heard of that. But my, my brother, Jay, said, Jeff, you, you really didn't do anything new. You just actually did some things. And I'm like, well, appreciate that. It's, yeah, I actually I took my guys down to the local library and showed them how to check out books and audio books so that they could read on their own and, and grow themselves and develop their own talents and their own skills so that they could be better husbands, better wives, and better employees. Yeah. Man, I, I think that's phenomenal. I I think that that is so much in line with our with the great commission, you know, that Jesus gave us. That's he right. wants us to get out there and teach and grow people. Now, you know, we're talking about growing in Christ, but we're talking about growing in our life. And you know, I suspect that a lot of the folks that you are leading and teaching and encouraging get to see these same repeated values, the same repeated pillars core values in your life. And if they will just look, they will see that they all point back to biblical principles that I know, Jeff, that you and your family live your life by. Well, that's, you know, if, if you have to use words, right, you, you, you're not doing a good job with your message. So we, we do it with our actions. We, we talk about the gospel with our actions. So they're, they're, they speak louder than our words. So that's, that's the intent. Yeah. And he, they will know us by our fruit. I think that's fitting coming from an arborist and someone in your background. Good, good verse. Yeah, I like it. Well, I am so excited for our time together. And, you know, we talked about this. It's like we declared it before the show even started. I told you this time would fly. Has it flown? It's gone by quickly. Too quick. Well, man, I'm so grateful for our time together. And maybe there's an opportunity, Jeff for us to come back and hear the rest of the story as we talk about making really weeders into leaders. What do you think? Jay, I'd be honored to excited what you're doing with your audience. Just, we need guys like you. We need leaders like you in our country more today than ever before. So thank you. Well, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. It's a labor of love. It's a fun thing that I get to connect with folks like you, Jeff, to 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 be in my life and to create a circle of influence around me so it blesses me big time so thank you for being on the show today brother my pleasure look forward to uh, us connecting again in the future yeah and we will we definitely will bless nation i hope that you enjoyed our time together with jeff i know i did uh, it's a blessing it's an honor to be your host to be your guide even your coach, as we move down the path of your blessed life. So I want to remind you, I want to leave you with this one thing until we see each other, or in this case, we hear each other again in the next episode. And that's just to know and to remember that God loves you. And he absolutely wants to bless you. <laughs>